This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Pretty good. The Raptors win in a game where, as far as process goes for quite a few of the players that you want to see progression from, I would say very big steps were taken, especially for OG Ananobi, who was featured in a myriad of sets and was successful in quite a few of them. So not just straight up pick and roll possessions, but early on in the game, I've consulted with Evan Gualberto and Bowser to Bowser. It's called a twirl. So the Raptors run a stagger set that they, you know, they run it all the time. There's there's two screeners. A guy comes off of it. This one was operating with Malachi Flynn. OG Ananobi is the first screener, and the ball was in Cam Birch's hands. So the first time this happened, Malachi Flynn came over both screens, and then eventually they flowed into OG Ananobi coming off of a pin down that Cam Birch set after the initial stagger screen that Malachi Flynn ran. And then OG got downhill, hit a layup. They ran the same set, which will now be called, well, it was called Twirl the first time. Now, this second one is just a regular Stager set because Malachi was at the bottom, rejected the screen, and then OG came up off the pin down and hit a three. So just seeing different variations of the same set and watching a guy score in both of them, very impressive, not to mention, obviously, that he was handling quite well in the pick and roll uh, Kate Beerness after the game asked him if he was comfortable as the one as the point guard to which he answered yes of course and he he also made a joke that Gary Trent Jr. saw the outfit he was wearing tonight on him first now I don't know if that's true and I don't think it's true that he could be the point guard but I do think it is true that tonight was a very impressive game for OGN and Obi Pascal Siakam as the motor of the offense I think tonight was also extremely impressive his ability to create shots for teammates draw in the defense it it impresses me every night because you see every time he gets a foot in the paint, there's usually three defenders on him. And depending on how, not defending on, depending on how tight they are, depending on how good their spacing is, they can really eat up that space and they can really make it difficult for him. But since three guys don't always operate in unison, he was able to pick his spots increasingly well as the game went on. And that made it so that I think he was able to close out the game better than a lot of people have seen from him recently. There's been some late game gaffes from him. And, you know, that's that's trended upwards since he's come back from COVID. 
And that's understandable, right? If you're at the end of the game, you're probably a little bit more tired. He's talked about, or the team has talked about how the guys who are coming back from COVID are dealing with problems as far as staying in shape. And I would not ever hazard to blame somebody for that. You just have to keep on trying until you get back to 100%. I mean, Jason Tatum, he just said last night that he has an inhaler that he uses before and after games now that he never used before. And that's just because he had COVID and he had it months ago. So the the effects are lasting, especially when your cardiovascular system has to support an NBA body in an NBA game. So maybe this is a sign that Pascal not only is picking up on how to attack gaps and hunt space a little bit better, but that his his conditioning is getting up a little bit, which just keeping keep working towards it, man. Keep doing your thing because you're immensely talented. And you looked great tonight, and I'm sure you'll keep looking great into the future. Malachi Flynn, very, very impressive. The three ball, he's he's much more aggressive hunting it than he has been all year. He's clearly starting to feel it a lot more, and that's fantastic because the Raptors, they need a guy to come in and put up some three-point shots. A lot of the guys on the roster are hesitant shooters, or they aren't guys who want to shoot off the dribble. So on-ball creation, even for a rookie, it looms large from Malachi Flynn and how the Raptors will fare when Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet are out. So it's it's something that's been really encouraging. Not to mention the the reset pick and roll has been a big deal for the Raptors offense. It's not hugely efficient, but it's getting enough looks at the back end of the shot clock that you have to be thankful for what Malachi Flynn has brought as far as structure and the ability to go to that at the end of the shot clock and even create some decent possessions, some decent looks. And... This is why a lot of people wanted him instead of Terrence Davis for that third guard position and why, you know, I believe it was Nick Nurse who said that he thought Malachi Flynn would have had way more G League reps this year if it was a normal year. And maybe that's true, but I think that he was ready to be doing this for quite some time. He just needed some more minutes because he is a player who doesn't have incredible athletic gifts. So, and I've said this on the Reaction Podcast before, but he has to believe in his shake, in his handle. Handle, a lot of the time, unless, you know, especially if you're coming into the league, is a confidence thing. And so if you're a rookie who's getting spot minutes, it's hard to go out there and start shimmying on people because, you know, you might look like an ass if you end up missing the shot or something like that. And he was missing shots early, so there wasn't a reward for, like, his dribble packages or his dribble combos. But now there is. He's completely dusting people in open space. He's getting into the lanes, getting to the bucket enough that teams should start to recognize that on the scouting report that he can beat some guys off the dribble. But that ability to provide the Raptors with, you know, a decent amount of offense and manufacture okay looks, whether it's, you know, at the rim to a roll man in a pocket pass or spraying the ball out to the corner for a an open corner look or something like that, or even just settling for that mid-range jumper that he hasn't been hitting at a huge rate so far, but very clearly looks like something that will be in his bag headed into the future. That's all fantastic stuff. So OG, Pascal, Malachi, I thought were all really impressive. The center position was very well looked after in this game. Freddie Gillespie, Kem Birch, who started, and Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher really got to settle into that that bench big role that he really thrives in where he's going to come in, he's going to pick and pop, he's going to rim run, he's going to be a little bit overzealous and help defense. And in this game against the Spurs who have a lot of stealth offensive rebounding with their guards, 
guys like DeJounte Murray have arms that extend from here to the moon. So they'll attack on the glass. And Boucher was pretty good at competing with those guys and just making sure that he stayed in prime rebounding positions and closed out defensive possessions. Because the Spurs, they can sneak up on you and get those offensive rebounds. And when guys like Patty Mills or Keldon Johnson, when those guys are relocating after an offensive rebound, they shoot really high percentages. So you just want to nip that in the bud. You just want to make sure that's not a big thing. So not only providing like a little bit of offensive punch, but closing out defensive possessions. Chris Boucher, well done. Ken Birch starting, hit a shot on the short roll, was effective in help side rotation, and provided a back line where the Raptors were much more comfortable. You could see in their rotations to the sidelines and the gaps that they were providing. The The defense looked a lot better than it has in quite some time. And... They've had games where they've allowed less points, but I thought the funneling of players, even if there was some shot making on top of it, the funneling of players into less dangerous spots on the floor in this game seemed quite a bit better to to me than a lot of games prior. So Ken Birch helped a lot with that, I think, and just providing that backline defensively. As I said, hit a shot on the short roll, had a couple successful rim runs, and his hands appeared to be you know quite good. So that was a really big positive. And it appeared in this game because of Boucher, Gillespie, and Birch that the Raptors didn't have a negative big man. It Maybe they don't have like a huge plus big man at all because Chris Boucher, you know, sometimes his defensive gaffes can lead to a lot of, you know, they can bleed points and stuff like that. And Freddie Gillespie and Ken Birch do not have wide-ranging offensive repertoires. They're not going to completely, you know, they're not going to bash you under the rim and get a whole bunch of dunks and stuff like that. But I don't think any of them were a negative in this game, not a single one. And the lack of a negative presence was actually huge for the Raptors, who in OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam employ massively positive players. And so Fred Van Vliet was serving his suspension. Gary Trent Jr. was out and Kyle Lowry was still out and everybody was having a ball on the sidelines. But a little bit more on Freddie Gillespie. He went up at the summit and met... DeMar DeRozan when he was trying to dunk it all over him. Think back to DeMar dunking on Boucher last year when Boucher looked like he had gone cold, like he had been buried in the ground. And DeMar, like it was a it was a really nice poster. He tried to do the same thing to Gillespie, but Gillespie met him and won, got the block. The ball ended up bouncing to Drew Eubanks and Eubanks dunked on Gillespie right after. But one out of two is not bad. And especially since he didn't have good position for the second one. And there was no way for him to get good positioning because he had just finished blocking the DeMar DeRozan. It's, uh, I, I don't blame him for that in my book. And any guy who's going to go up and contest dunks, I really appreciate that from you. Because that's that's what you want from room protectors. To be shameless in like, hey, if I get dunked on, I get dunked on. But I'm here to block shots. I'm here to protect the rim. That's something you like. Gillespie not only is willing to go and contest guys at the rim, I talked about this last game, how his weight in air really helps, and he has the agility to get to the right spots anyway. So he can't get pushed under the rim. When he meets guys, they feel that extra weight, they feel his strength, and they can't push him to get closer to the bucket. It's tough to finish over him. Offensively, he found himself in the right spots a lot of the time, whether it's like an air ball that lands in his hands or just him maneuvering around the dunker spot to try and evade a guy kind of tagging him when Siakam is coming downhill and making himself available in an open passing lane for Siakam to create shots for him. And not to mention defensively, just popping up in the right spots all the time. 
I was really impressed with his game today. And the screen setting, pretty good because rescreening is a talent. And screening is a talent. And he seemed to have both down pack in this game. So I was really happy with him. I thought he was fantastic. Rodney Hood and Stanley Johnson were mostly nondescript in this game, but Yuta Watanabe and Paul Watson, I thought, both had excellent games. Paul Watson continues to be a very high-level shot contester. He he just has it down. He He's very good at the mechanics. He knows, like, whether he's going from the face guard up into the contest to try and create more arc on, like, a floater or a fadeaway or something like that. He's there. Closeouts are pretty tight. It was something he struggled with early in the year, like he was contesting with the wrong hand and then causing fouls like on shooters, which is really bad. But it seems that he has really gotten it down. And so that's fantastic to see. Not to mention a little bit of scoring pop as well. Really hunted three-point shots for himself, was quick on the trigger. And as a guy who in the G League could score the ball and has shown a little bit of on-ball wiggle, you like to see more offensive decision-making from him and decisiveness, I should say, rather than decision-making. And so getting to that decision that he makes quickly, decisively, that's a big thing because he has a clean three-point stroke. He can get it up. He can hit shots. And so if he's open, sling it, dude. And uh, yeah, defensively, his court coverage still remains, you know, quite impressive. So that's good. Yuta has been trending upwards for like seven games now. Defensively, I think he's he should be a known commodity, if not to the league, to Raptors fans. He is borderline elite on defense. He's a problem solver. He gets to a lot of spots on the floor to help out his teammates. He And that's what problem solver is, right? Like there's a problem. He rotates. He closes out. He fixes it. Like a closeout or somebody having an open shot, if you don't want is closing out, that might end up in a reset where the advantage that the offense created just ended up having them take seconds off the shot clock. That's a huge deal. And Yuta does stuff like that all the time. And his recovery back into the play can be pretty meaningful as well. Offensively, sometimes, you know, at his lowest points in the year, offensively anyway, he would pass up shots and cause resets late in the shot clock. That's not good because he clearly has pretty sound shooting mechanics. And so you want him to be a little bit more aggressive with his trigger finger. He has been over the last now eight games, and this game especially, three of five from downtown. He actually ended up like, he came off a pin down. or Yeah, it was a pin down. I I don't think they ran a gut DHO for him. He came off a pin down, and he rose up and had to pass out of his shot because he tried to pull so quickly, and the guy recovered. I have not seen that once this year, that he was so overzealous looking for his own jumper, and I think that's a really good thing, especially when he's shooting three for five. So... Him just, as soon as the ball's coming into his hands, he's putting the ball up. And it wasn't like, you know, you could get him to shoot pretty quickly if it was side top side action and the ball came over and he was wide open. He's like, okay, this is my shot. I got to take it. But in those in-between moments where you're probably looking at the best shot in the possession and you have to take it because there's not enough time to get a better one and you're probably not going to be the guy to make an incredible play to provide a pass to somebody who's streaking to the bucket or something like that, outside of a really great cut, you're looking at the best shot in the possession. They're not always, it's hard to identify sometimes, but he was identifying them in this game and he was taking them and making them. It's hard to express, it's hard to overstate how important that is for his game. Because as I said, he is a borderline elite defender. So him being able to come in and just make shots, 
with confidence and be decisive in that, super impressive. And it's second contract season. I think the Raptors should be looking at his overall body of work, the trend in his own game right now, and and looking at you know bringing him on for a longer term contract because I think. He's trending upwards. I think there's a lot to like about his game. And tonight, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I really appreciated Yuta's game tonight. Very, very impressed with him. The Spurs, as has been the case for like however long, they run to, if DeMar DeRozan had a watch on the court, they would run to his time, his ability to get into the paint, create, kick out, his interpretations of how to read the floor against pick and roll defense have gotten so quick. His decision making is so crisp in those plays that the Spurs, they really for a time just wanted to surround him with shooters. And now this version of the team, there's a like a little bit more of closeout potency, like guys who can put the ball on the floor. And that leads to some more mid-range jumpers or more finishes at the bucket for guys like DeJounte Murray, Derek White, who was awesome in this game. And Keldon Johnson and uh, Lonnie Walker. Yeah, that's who else. But there's, you know, your classic shooters like Rudy Gay is going to put up three-point shots, as is Patty Mills. And Patty Mills put up 11. But DeRozan, he he, he had 11 assists. He mixed the defense. He, he collapsed the defense. He made plays. He was pretty good. But as far as keeping his shot totals under wraps... I think that OG had quite a few primary possessions on him, and I was really impressed with OG. Although Freddie Gillespie committed the cardinal sin of reaching in on a player that OG had in isolation, and he fouled DeMar. Do not reach in on a player that OG Ananobi is guarding, because chances are OG's contest is going to be significantly better than yours. So just, you know, leave him be. Let him do his thing. Uh, Drew Drew Eubanks? Yeah, Drew Eubanks, I thought he he had a pretty good game. He was pretty impressive for a stretch in the third quarter. And, you know, Lonnie Walker as well. But the Spurs, the Raptors, I think defensively, the the game plan was pretty crisp. Their rotations to recover a lot of the time I was very impressed with. And the Raptors who, you know, typically foul the hell out of teams, I think they did a better job of keeping that under wraps in this game, especially with guys like Keldon, Derek White, DeJounte, and DeMar who just explode to the rim and are unbelievably athletic in air. And so, yeah, pretty happy with how they defended in this game. 117 to 112. Very, very happy. Not only just, you know, winning games is fun, but process, as I said at the start of the podcast, was top, top tier in this one. There was a lot of stuff to like. Reggie Evans Award. I'm giving it to Freddie Gillespie. A guy, he did a pretty good job rebounding in this game. He's a thicker guy his ability to move around the court and his hustle. He got to a lot of balls in this game that maybe you wouldn't have expected. And that's, that's big Reggie Evans energy. So yeah, he gets the Reggie Evans award. Top quick reaction comment is from Niagara underscore dude, Niagara dude. Hey, Niagara dude. How you doing, man? See you comment all the time. Glad to see you hanging around RR quote. Amazing how much better we look when having competent center play. It's nice to see centers finishing plays, grabbing rebounds and protecting the rim. Nothing spectacular, but both dudes look solid when called on to make plays. I thought the block and save from going out of bounds play that Freddie made in the fourth quarter changed the game in our favor. That dude is so long and not afraid to bang bodies, can cover in space and rebounds. I would sign them both for next season, end quote. Okay, so yeah, I touched on a lot of that during the podcast. So if you're listening, I agree, dude, or anybody, you know that I agree with basically all the sentiments you've laid out here. 
Cam Birch and Gillespie had good games, and they provided the Raptors with more at the center position than they've typically been receiving. So, you know, Baines has had a competent game here and there, but typically he's been punching below the weight the Raptors saw him at prior to the season. So it's been a disappointing year for him. He's at an advanced age, and I guess this was the year he fell off. It's been a tough year for everyone. And playing the back line as an aging center is not as easy as Marcus all looks. I'll, I'll say that much. So, yeah, it looks like Baines is out of the rotation. You know what? It's maybe, maybe he's done in the NBA, but he had a hell of a career. So, yeah. Anyways, Gillespie, Birch, happy with their games. But Niagara Dude, thanks for writing in. Listener, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, I'm Sanderson Folk. Have a blessed day and goodbye.